0: A listener
1: Production. Here we are back again in our seats, sitting across from each other, Dylan Alcott. G'day.
2: I'm always in my seat, but technicality.
1: Uh, I want to read out an email that we got, of course, Uh Usually that's where people nominate.
2: I think one of the, the craziest part about that email is we are the, I found out we're the only person... Well, people in the whole world still using Outlook. <laughs> We're keeping true, them alive. What on Outlook? I don't know. Do you know <laughs> yeah, why? Did it.
1: No, I know why. Because it costs money to have like uh, you know Dylan at Listenable Podcast. Oh
2: my god! Well, are you going to pay that cost? Can we up Beth, our producer there? Can we upgrade to some serious emails yet? <laughs> no, are we yet. earning enough money? Not yet. Not All right, yet. we can't. No.
1: Um, this comes from Ben. Now, Ben is the director of O'Brien Electrical and Solar in Sutherland. Yep. So Ben sent this email, he said, I stumbled across your podcast, I've become hooked. The reason for the email is I always hear you guys talking a lot about a lack of employment opportunities or willingness of employees to hire people living with a disability. I thought it might be a good idea to do a segment for those like us who are open and very willing to employ a disabled person, but don't know where to start.
2: Mm, Great point. I mean, there are options out there, things like it's called job access and things where um, people with disabilities are placed in the work, but um, it's probably not streamlined enough and a lot of them are government funded, which is great, but there's areas that it can get a lot better. Why aren't there databases of people with disabilities where they can connect with employers? Mm -hmm. So, uh, But, you know, I have a consulting company called Gets Good Access where we we have 28 consultants and they're all disabled, all Mm -hmm. different disabilities. And if you're a fan of Listenable, Steph Agnew, Ben Pettengill, Prue. Ashley Dolby. Ashley Dolby, mm-hmm. uh, Heath Davidson. They all work as consultants across businesses and things like that, which is awesome. But you are so right because there is a thirst from the disabled community to work, yet how, why is it so hard? Where do you start? It's, it's, it's tough.
1: And especially for Ben, who's stumbled upon yeah. in his word, our podcast, loves it, has an opportunity. Where do I start? Correct. So he also says, also, where does a small business start to become an NDIS supporter or provider?
2: Well, they've got to do it in a, you know, they've got to apply and go through the right channels and things like that. It's, you know, if you, this person does auto. Electrical and solar. So they would have it, they could help in-house, but you've got to get approved. So there's a, a long process to do that, which is fair enough. So mm-hmm. we call them cowboys and cowgirls. Don't come in and take the NDIS money. There was a bit of that happening. Um, but I will say this, uh, just because whether you're NDIS provider or not, you should still make your products accessible because if you do that, people will buy them. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we still need to live and spend money and things like that as well.
1: Uh, and also, uh, just Ben, Ben, the absolute superstar is he, that he is, uh, he also said that he's also looking for um, some way to provide growth and training for oh their yeah. staff within disability with a complex space to navigate. I love, so that. I love that.
2: So, so on yeah, you, Ben. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's why we created our um, company to, to do that stuff because I tell you, the best way to figure out what people with disability need is ask people with disabilities. Thank you very much. And that's why we did this Listenable podcast to put lived experience out there. And, Ben. You're a big legend. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out because this is why we do what we do. And today's episode is no different.
1: Let's let our next guest introduce himself.
0: Uh, So I'm Mandy McCracken. I'm a mum of three girls. Uh, I was living in regional Victoria. I'm I'm sort of commuting into Melbourne these days. And um, I've just started doing my own radio stuff. Uh, looking at the love of disability and, and how that works, but I'm sure we'll get to that.
2: Is this a coup that you've come in here to try and take our jobs? Sure.
1: Okay, nice.
0: I like <laughs> sure. that. Uh, Mandy, what is your disability? So I um, am a quadruple amputee. I lost my hands and feet when I was 39 wow. to sepsis. And, um, yeah, so now I've got some fun party tricks and you know, I can pull myself apart and put myself together.
2: You, <laughs> you are the first quadruple amputee I've met.
0: We've, we've, met? We've got a club going on. Yeah. We've got a hell of an initiation yeah. process to get into mm. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Bit of trauma, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen people like yes. at the Paralympics, but I've never like actually went up and had a chat and became friends with them. So just for people that don't know what that means, tell me a story.
0: Okay. All right. Well, if you're a, a quad amp, you basically, you've either blown yourself up significantly hmm. with a landmine, which obviously doesn't happen very often in Australia, Or you got sepsis. So you got an infection somewhere along your life. You might have pricked your finger on a rose bush or you might have got a um, urinary tract infection that went horribly wrong and you end up with sepsis. So sepsis basically tries to shut your body down very quickly Mm. and um, in order to keep you alive, hands and feet are what get thrown out the door and, and, you know, if you're lucky enough to survive it, you end up like me.
2: Okay, so it attacks the... Ends of your body first, so that's why it's hands and feet, like
0: oh, without being really good at the medical stuff. Hmm. Um, do so you, do you want
2: a water or something?
0: Although? Yeah, actually, if I have a water here, you've very kindly given me a very lovely thin glass that is very fat, and there's no, oh. no way in hell I'll be able to pick that up. So, if you could Beth, bring me, w- uh, yeah, is that all right, Beth? Tall, skinny mug. Tall, tall skinny right? mug.
2: Best given the thumbs up. Just, just yeah. the reason that that is, so you use prosthetic Prosthetic
0: side. hands. So yeah, so Yeah. Wow. Uh, so they're prosthetic hands and they move for they you? They move. So uh, the
2: mechanical movements? Yeah, you
0: might be able to hear them if I'm oh. good at
2: it. How is that working? How does the hand? Okay, movement? so
0: so inside my arm, so I've lost my arms just below the elbow. Okay. And um, inside are two little electrodes that sit on my skin. And so when I flex the muscle, which is the same movement as you moving your wrist Anything back like and forward. I'm doing yeah. that
2: at the moment. So yep. everybody move your wrist, wrist back and, back forward. and forward. Okay. Yep. So that's like your like
0: forearm, a, like hitting a tennis shot. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I've got electrodes that sit on muscles on one side and then on the other. So one side does an open and one side does a close.
1: Oh, so if you flick it upwards, that's yeah. one way. And if you yeah, were going to flick much. your wrist if you had yeah. them, you'd flick the other way. I thought it was brain related.
0: No, these are the cheap ones. <laughs> oh, they're not <laughs> so get brain right. related. Oh, look, oh, come on in, Beth. Oh, Beth comes in. Oh, Second look. That, is that'll, that'll, gonna that going to work? We'll work it out. Sure. That'll be. Yeah, that's fine. It still looks
1: like it potentially is tricky. You know, it's, it's just a mug. It's lovely.
0: Okay. Thank you very How
1: much. How do you feel, Beth, about the ableism that you just showed? in I this?
2: Show? I, <laughs> I would have not. I would have done the same thing as Beth and just got oh, any God. glass. So. Oh, God. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> We love you, Beth. And look, can on it says enjoy each and every moment. So we is what we're doing. We've got warm hugs. So now you have a normal mug where you can grab onto the side. Yeah, so it's just these things are pretty strong. They're 26 kilos worth of grip. Well, I know we just met. Yeah.
2: Can you squeeze my hand? Sure. Okay. Wow. It's yeah. <laughs> oh, really? It's like a firm handshake when someone hurts your hand a bit. Okay. What about a
1: cold beer bottle? Would it slip through that grip?
0: No, well, as long as I'm holding it no tight way. enough, no. Okay. But, it was but like a glass like that. All right. So that glass I could easily smash. You could smash oh. the glass. Yeah. Man,
2: oh, it's a proper hand squeeze.
1: Could I just also say just um, when we met, I, I kind of went for the hug, which I'm mm. also happy to do, but you did extend your hands... Do you find that some people, I tried to not make it awkward, it wasn't awkward for me, Handshakes hopefully it was are cracker. Yeah, yeah they're people. great.
0: Because you actually handed me your closed <sighs> hand and I thought, shouldn't you hand me your open hand? So when I first got my hands, um, oh, we ended up at a church. I was doing, you know, we were at a mass and they do the whole peace be with you thing. Hmm. You go and shake all these strangers' hands. And sure enough, I shook this old man's hand and I would have crunched the living daylights out <laughs> of it. It would have really hurt. Oh, yeah, first time. <laughs> and of course... You know, back then I didn't have much control going on, so I didn't really know learning. how to do it gently. Um, oh, you can do it in increments. Oh, you can do oh, it in increments. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: for the cameras. So we we'll have yeah, this on sorry, our socials hi. so you can see, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I didn't know how to do that because when you first get them, it's, yes, you're like a teenager. You've got no idea. Hey,
2: I thought it was all the way open or all the way closed yeah. then. I'm, I didn't so know you could do little bits.
0: I can pick up a strawberry without squashing it, but I haven't oh. really done an egg these are what the the Australian government give me, which is very kind. Okay, you know, NDIS. NDIS love it. Yeah. How much? I think these are about forty grand.
2: What's the brain ones that you
0: were talking about? The hook Well, I don't think the brain ones are on the market. Oh, but okay. that'd be like. So the most. Is expensive. Is that forty grand,
2: an arm or for
0: a for the duo? It comes as a set. The right. most expensive I've done is one hundred and fifty thousand for a single arm, and I broke it. With the middle finger stuck up? No, so you can do (laughs) individual finger movements. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to everyone. So, the whiz bang um, hands have got up to 90 movements. So, you do it through your phone and you program like, okay, today I'm going driving, so I need my driving movements, or today I'm in the kitchen. And so, you get your kitchen movements. Wow. But they're sort of designed to break so you don't completely smash the unit in altogether.
1: I have to thank you for one, for your patience, (laughs) because your email, which I replied to, was back in May of 2020. We're oh, over really? 12 months oh, wow. okay. in the making for this interview. Uh, can I read out your nomination?
0: Yes. I can't remember what I wrote. Well, you said... Yeah, um, hey,
2: guys, it's Mandy. I'm a legend. No, <laughs> no,
1: we, t- we talked a little bit about the sepsis and the 39-year-old age, which I want to get to as well later on in life and adaption, of course. But um, you, you have mentioned as well your international support group for mm. quadruple amputees with over 400 members. How pivotal was that to you? After the thirty, you know, at the age of thirty nine, of finding a support system of like minded people, or like body, yeah, you know. enormous,
0: as as I'm sure anyone, you know, you understand the, the significance of coming across somebody who's living the same life as you. So it it turned out that um, I saw this fellow Matthew Ames on telly. He was actually on TV when I was in the burns department at the Alfred getting my Bits chopped off. And um, so one of my plastic surgeons came running in. She's like, You've got to watch this guy. He's just like you. He's on telly. And so my entire family, all my community watched it that night. And there's Matthew up there kicking a ball with his kids. And, you know, he was playing cricket. He has no, he's lost his arms almost to his shoulder and his legs almost to his hips. And he was out there playing cricket with prosthetics. And I was like, Wow, okay, there's life after this. This is fantastic. Yeah. So we organised to go and catch up with him when we were up in Queensland and he walked in the door and the stories that he was telling were exactly the same as what I've done. And so we just got this little club happening and um, every couple of years in Australia we get everyone together so that we can just laugh through what all this looks like and cry through it and, and, you know, talk about the latest technology. So, you know, prosthetic hands and legs and just to have somebody else who's got The $150,000 hand sitting next year, you can have that conversation about whether it's worth
2: paying. Are you, and that's why we're so appreciative of you coming in today and sharing your story because I'm sure there's people that are going to listen who are in the future this is going to happen to or is currently going through it. Just for reference, are you a below-knee amputee or above? Double below. So you've got, for people that haven't seen the episodes previously with amputees, having a knee joint is pretty important to walking. Yep. So that helps you out a fair bit. Yep. And you walked in the studio,
1: which actually surprised me. I expected you to be in a chair.
0: No, my car's parked out the front. Yeah. Wait, well, because you're that. driving. Yep.
2: What if your hand is too gripped on the wheels with the...
0: So... When of, you get angry, yeah. you get road or, rage and
2: crush your wheel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes my battery runs out of power. Oh. Yes. It stays open then or stays in the last Often, position? Yeah, it's pretty much closed. Ah. So, you know... Don't
2: tell the cops that.
0: Well, I'm still connected to the wheel. Like, it's, it's yeah. fine. Is it nine and two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I have to do is pull my arm off and leave it on the steering wheel and when I come back, I just shove my arm back in it <laughs> yeah. and, yeah, we're good. Do it's you use amazing. a steering knob or? Yes.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. little red joystick from a Pac-Man machine yeah. is my indicator. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Where's that sit? Oh, just next to me. On I've the never on seen that before. That's cool.
2: Left. Imagine road rage, someone yelling at you and then
0: you're like, you take your arms out
2: and you just hold <laughs> up, just that one. Blow someone's
0: mind. Oh, the best I saw, somebody who had no legs, they, in their car seat, they took off their, their seatbelt and in their car seat they did a full 360 oh, wow. on the seat and just went back to the <laughs> and waved at the person next to them. And the light. yeah, funny. that's like <laughs> that's exorcism stuff. Um, yeah.
1: On driving, know. if we're going to talk about the topic, so your car's at the front, mm. um, any other modifications apart from the uh, knob on the wheel?
0: Oh, my car's got all sorts of things under the bonnet. So I have to disconnect the airbag so that it, if it goes off I don't get a prosthetic in the face. Oh, your arms blow off. Oh yeah. this is stuff we just never think of. Yeah. And not um, in a million years of what have I thought of that?
1: Never. So how do you do you have airbags on the side still or any sort of protection if uh,
0: you're in an accident? I assume they're still going on the side. Yeah. Okay. I know there were steering ones. I mean, that's hefty. <laughs> yep. 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 And then um just having the steering lightened so that it's really easy to turn oh, the wheel okay. and you know, modern cars these days, they come with so many bells and whistles that you yeah. just, they've got buttons to push to release the boot and, and that, the windscreen wipers. And, imagine,
2: because oh, I drive with one hand, obviously, yep. and I accelerate with the other. Without power steering, I'd be done.
0: No. Like, imagine, you know, remember the old cars? Yeah, you had
1: to, turn you would, it around. you'd be done.
0: Honestly, if, if I was, this happened to me 10 years ago, well, might, more might than 10 years here. ago I wouldn't have survived so
1: so you've got remote or motorized hands mm-hmm. but your prosthetics on your legs are not
0: motorized they're pirate legs
1: right so how did how long did it take for you to get the the control of the accelerator and brake
0: i just hop straight back in yeah, yeah it's
1: pretty similar so, right?
0: is it well no but what are you pushing down like with, your, with, your, your, with your, knee. your knee joint yeah with your hamstring with i your guess hip. With the that, like, that
1: didn't take a little bit. In, you did go to a Target car park at midnight and low? Oh, uh,
0: yeah, did a bit of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're not just jumping straight back in and hopping yeah. on how's the my, hum. How's
2: my form going? No, that'd be easy from a guy who's a paraplegic can't use his feet. Yeah, has,
1: <laughs> has never used his feet to drive a car, uses a oh, right, hand I pedal. Is, right? yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there is a little bit of adjustment. Yeah,
0: there's there's people out there that that is their job to get people like us in, in behind a wheel and they love it. It's a real... Challenge. Oh, cool. So there's know, a there's a company that. Oh no, there's occupational therapists driving. OTs,
1: shout out to our OTs list. We've yeah,
2: got heaps. Happen. I got my driver's license through an OT. can't get it through Vic Roads. Oh, I was did in Victoria, so Vic Roads it was called, and it was it was a bit. It was very laid back with the OT. Put it that way. The, my OT ate lunch in the back seat, <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, "This is a bit gnarly. Is he? That's great. <laughs> now let's play in the space of your sepsis. So you said at the start it could be from a splinter all the way to a UTI. Where do you fit on the scale? What happened to you?
0: Ah, I've got no idea how I got sick in the first no place. No way. What were you doing then? Like I was just oh look, I have had a normal day. I felt a bit crook. I felt like I had a flu coming on. I cancelled my day. I climbed into bed. That was Wednesday. By Friday night, I was feeling really rotten, um, vomiting, diarrhea. So I
2: took out a hospital vibe.
0: Um, yeah. Basically, with sepsis, your body just goes into nasty overdrive trying to deal with it, and it happens really quick. And sepsis actually kills more Australians than the road toll, breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. No way. But nobody knows all that. I've,
1: yeah. I mean, the I've heard of Q? sepsis. I had no idea about yeah. the stats.
0: How do we not know that? Because everyone's worried about the first infection. So you get a, you know, a UTI or a, a staph infection or a strep infection or a mm. flu or meningococcal or whatever, but it's often sepsis that's the thing that will kill you. And it happens incredibly quick. So I think there's a kid in the news at the moment that, that got an infection with that. a toenail and he would have died of sepsis, I would imagine.
2: Well, I mean, it's similar to um, Bird Newton just lost his leg. <laughs> he had an infection on his foot that he didn't treat and next minute you lose your leg.
0: Yeah, and nowhere that I've seen have they said, because they said it was a life or death.
2: Yep, yeah, I mean. So it so would, have been, would have been sepsis.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep. So people are but dying. why do they not say that?
2: Because then we all go, oh, we should go to the doctor. Well, like,
0: well, it's that's... important. So I'm with the Australian Sepsis Network and we are trying really hard to get the the code that gets put next to your name when you go into hospital. So instead of worrying about whether it was a toenail or a car accident or, you know, um, the flu that you've got your infection from, that we need to make sure that that it's mentioned sepsis so that we can actually keep these numbers going. And then we can turn around and go, you know, you know what... a stroke looks like, you know what a heart attack looks like, you know what sepsis looks early like. Early detection, you can treat yeah. it. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: So it is treatable. So it's just, it's literally, oh. I have a story about my chest. I, I, yeah,
0: see, man, that could have been you.
1: Yeah, I, I tried to, um with a rusty nail, get a infection, like a small ingrown hair on my nipple, yep. and then it blew up into something. I left it for two weeks, ended up being golden staff. I was in hospital for five days. But that next step could have been sepsis. Easily,
0: and it, and it happens in a couple of oh. hours. Now,
2: what do
1: you have? What Dylan likes to describe as a third nipple. It's hot. I like it. It's, it's a bad scar. I have, I have like keloid kind of like scarring. He's it's got pretty, three nipples. It's pretty gross. <laughs> I'll be
2: honest. So Friday night, mm. you're feeling real crook. What's the next step?
0: Yeah, I ended up in, rushed into um, emergency and I had a massive, temp- massive temperature and I had no, my blood pressure was virtually zil. So you were. They, they, the ambulance couldn't actually find my blood, blood pressure was that yes. low. And um, so the answer to all of that is, is go to an emergency and if you think it might be sepsis, say it really loud because um, it's also really not very well picked up through the medical industry.
1: But it um, usually comes from like a fever type feeling though?
0: So you have a fever. Um, you could feel either really hot, really cold. Um, you're just a little delirious. Um, you've got shakes, vomiting, diarrhoea. So it looks very much like gastro. Okay. Which is, yeah. That's the problem. That's where my head
2: went.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, you got food poisoning. Yeah. No, I'm going to die. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the difference is you feel rotten.
1: But and, treated early can be
0: yeah, fluids and um, antibiotics. Wow. And sure enough, 2 weeks after I went through there, they had another person that presented exactly the same, and because they recalled my story, they pumped this girl through full of antibiotics and she's now just got a bad leg. Just Have you had a conversation with that girl? Like I, you know? her father contacted me and said, "Thank you very much, you saved my daughter." And you said, oh. "You're welcome." Oh, didn't do any of it. You <laughs> said, you're welcome? That's <laughs> on me. That's <laughs> oh no, that's brilliant. Like, yeah. So, when did they tell you you're gonna cut your arms and hands off? Oh, that was a conversation. It was a given. That my feet were black. It was black as your t-shirt. Black. In what? Ten hours In five hours, they went black. Well, I was in a coma for six. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. Okay. Ten days or something oh. and and woke up and my hands and feet were black, black, black. Oh, so they put you in a coma when they knew it was sepsis? Oh, they had to get me out of the way and seriously worked pretty wow. hard. Yeah, so, expi- <laughs> so yeah. explain that. I don't know
2: what like, – so they tell you you're going to go in a coma because you're Oh,
0: no. It? No, no. I was literally like okay. shoved into ICU. Oh, okay. Um, they threw a needle in my arm and everything went black and then oh. I had the most amazing hallucinations for a couple of days and oh. then woke up and my feet were black, black, black. How would you go when you saw your black feet? I was sky high. Mm. let's acknowledge mm. that first <laughs> for a number of months like, thereafter criminal. um no I was really happy to be alive I knew i, I knew I was in like, trouble gee was I'm alive wow this is incredible yeah so from then on yeah okay I see use bloody hard work and don't ever take me back there again and mm. i I feel for anybody who is has tracheotomies uh, are yeah. really hard work and
2: that's something that goes in your throat to make you breathe Yeah, the tubes Yep.
0: yep, yep. But what I I had a um, nurse that said to me when I was in ICU, and it was horrific, horrific. And I was in tears and I couldn't talk. And she got in my ear and she leant down and she said, Don't worry about tomorrow. Just get through today. Don't worry about what your future is going to look like. Just yeah, survive, survive today. I find the art of positive reinforcement, you know, that positive affirmation is incredible and I live by it. Even though life is shit and this is hard and and you can't do whatever the hell you're being tried to do, just to say out loud, I'm fine. This is good. It's it might be a lot of denial going on, but yeah, um, works for you. It's worked for me. And you know, you'll have a good cry every six months or so, rock in the corner for five minutes, and then you dust yourself off and move
2: on. It, it's not the conditions; it's the decisions that we make. That's what mine is. So it's not the conditions that we live in and what's happening. It's the decisions that we make around it. The mindset that helps us get through those times because. Hmm. You know, we're different life stories, but same vibe sometimes. Where yep. you hate yourself and it sucks, and uh, it's not the events in life that dictates the life that you live. It's how you perceive those events that determines what you do next. Yep. So it actually does. Sounds a bit woo woo, but it's legit. Like it actually helps you do it. Did you have to do like ten months of rehabs? Did you go to a rehab center after? I, I see was you? in
0: away from home for ten months and oh, two days. Brutal. Yeah. Oh. So it took me kids, seven kids? weeks to learn to walk. Seven weeks. Mm. How are your kids? Brilliant. They'd they you changed were... them? Oh, God, yeah. They're the most resilient kids I've ever known, yeah.
2: Were you proud of that?
0: Yeah, of course. They're great. Yeah. Bloody hard. Each three girls, um, each of them dealt with it differently. Um, I can't fault them. We were very upfront with everything that's going on with them and, you know.
1: Good. Did you change as a parent? Yes.
0: I think being honest about what you're going through is really important. Not that I do that very well. <laughs> Did you used to not do that at all
2: back before?
0: No, I think it was, you know, I was parenting from sort of the top down, you know, I'll move forward and you can follow behind me, whereas now it's more, you know, I, I still see a psych regularly. I don't think you could get through this without seeing a psych. But I say to her, you know, it's I, well, she said to me, you need to start being honest with your kids about the emotions behind it and start talking to them about it. And, um, yeah, we're working on that. It's going to yeah. be, I'm sure when they're 35, they'll still growl at me for something. <laughs> yeah,
2: thanks, thanks for sharing that. Your kids. <laughs> it's a good lesson for people who aren't going through a trauma. You know
0: what I mean? You know, what's been really interesting. So I've, you know, this is eight years. I've been doing pretty good. I, you know, I have fits and starts where things go right and wrong. It's only just in the last six months I've realised how much the trauma's affected me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like I had a major meltdown about three months ago and just had this full wave of being right back there at the beginning wow. and I completely freaked out and my um, psych just said to me, you know, you've, you haven't acknowledged the trauma that you've been through and you need to give that time and space because yeah. I was just stoic and moving on. And, and
1: There's a lot of healing, isn't it? it's, it's As much as it's a physical, it seems to be the mental as much as anything, right? Oh, all of this so? is all mental. Is mentally, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. And it's acceptance.
2: Like you push it aside, you don't bring it up. I have insecurities still about being disabled that randomly rear their head. I'm like, I thought I was over that. What mm. the hell? You know mm. what I mean? And you all of a sudden you're back to being 16. I'm like, that's weird. Yep. It was because you really got to, I don't really have it anymore, but it's taken me, what, 30 years and you're only eight years in. So it takes time.
0: Oh, yeah, and I'm sure it will continue. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm really scared about what my 67-year-old self looks like. To be that honest, really freaks me out.
2: the tech by then, you'll be having all kinds of cool arms going. Mm-hmm. I'll be walking. Who knows? <laughs> Give us 10 years. You and I will be rocking it. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. going to reference a sentence from your email a year ago. So that's what it says seven years. But I've lived a social experiment for the past seven years. Mm. Now wait. Which has included briefcases of money. Now I'll stop oh, down just... on each of your points here and we'll t- hear the story about what you're referencing. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your briefcase of money
0: story? Oh, well, the joys of reality television. Um, deal or no deal? No. <laughs> Briefcases. <laughs> no, it was called The Briefcase. Oh, The Briefcase. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, well, we were the first episode. Oh, you run it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So explain the show for people that don't know. Uh, they get two families, two couples, two whatever, and um, basically without... You understanding what's happening is a briefcase of money turns up on the doorstep, and you're told that you're allowed to keep it, split it, or give it all away to another family that is living through another, um, you know, traumatic experience. What a tough oh my choice.
1: gosh!
2: I hate that. That's
0: hard. Whoa! What did you do? Cried yep. a lot. Yeah, cried a huge amount. So we ended up getting um, paired up with a. I um, oh, see. So hear their story. Yeah, well, a, a family that had had their house burnt down in 2014 bushfires. Oh. And so uh, there I was with my hands and feet just chopped off and their house mm. burnt what down. A, what a brutal show. I that's mean,
1: tough. Yeah, people say Big Brother's tough. Are you kidding? Uh. What's a briefcase? Obviously, I, was I in mean, the last past this season.
2: Once they get a house, they're pretty much back to normal. Yours is for life. That's where my head goes. Well, that's that's what... Brutal, but...
0: Yeah, but the thing was, was interesting. They had a massive... Build. Like they had this oh, yeah. farm that wasn't running, you know, they were going into debt every own. month. Yeah, I'm not denying My that My hands such. and feet aren't going to grow back and no, ma- no matter how much money gets thrown at me, that's not going to True, it's just paying
2: for your trauma, isn't it, there?
0: Yeah, you're yeah. right. Anyway, it was a fantastic experience. I really it experience. enjoyed it. What'd you do? We gave it all to them. You did, yeah, Ship and off. they gave it all to us. Like we just did this basic big swap, and now we're great mates with them. Oh, that's oh, so awesome! You, you the gave cardies. each other the briefcases. Splitting. Yeah, we that's just
2: so lovely. Yeah, or did so, they
0: get a briefcase yeah, as well? Yeah, uh,
2: so they got a kept too.
0: Oh, can I ask the, what
2: the monetary? D- d- it was
0: a hundred thousand.
2: So you each got a hundred. Good on ya. Yeah, so,
0: oh, you gave it to each other. That's yeah. actually well, good symbiotically guys. beautiful. Yeah, imagine oh, if you no. got they gave it to you and you kept yours, you would feel bad. Well, it it was really controversial. A lot of people were very uncomfortable with taking somebody disabled and, and squeezing out the emotion of it. Yeah, and taking their money, yeah. The one thing we found at the time was let's have that conversation. What does support look like? Mm. You know, people handing $50 notes on a street corner, is that a bad thing? Should our community be supporting mm. people that need it? Or, you know, it was a really interesting conversation. So. Yeah. I
2: imagine the disabled community would have been, it's a bit inspirational, porny. Of course of was. the network, yeah, yeah. That's where they would have hated yeah. it. Yeah.
0: But let's have a conversation around that, you know. let's get paid. Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Great to have $100,000. Yep. Um, The next line from your social experiment is, tearful hugs from strangers in the cheese aisle of Aldi. Oh, there'd be a shed load
0: of these. So we've done quite a bit of motivational speaking and I started up a a blog, um, a social media, where I'd take a photo of my body part falling off and, you know, in funny spots and we'd put it up and make a joke. Plug it. it What's it called? Still going? uh, Friends of Mandy on Facebook. Yeah, I must get it really charging up again. But um, anyway, so so we had a lot of our community knew what we were doing and had been watching these fun photos and stuff. And so I was in the, (laughs) the supermarket with the kids late Friday night trying to just get some dinner done, husbands, three kids, trolley, filling it up. All of us were fighting and this woman just goes, Trendy, like this, and bursts into tears and just hugs me. I was like, okay. Mm. Yeah, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are oh you just a, you're so inspirational. Mm. And I just sort of waved at the family on. It's like, can somebody just get some cheese over there? Please? Yeah.
3: Come on, I'm just, yeah, trying just trying to shop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but she needed that time. And I stopped and I let her say it. Like, it's so important for these people to be able to see the likes of, you, Dylan, and, you know, anybody else out there in the disabled media living this life and so many people have got stories that they've never told anybody else and for some reason they feel they can tell us. I don't know why, <laughs>
2: it's just... Yeah, and even when people come up and say dumb things to me, their their intention's good and I think people in the disability community, but all all forms of diversity, if you're a wanker about it and you're like, piss off, mate, it, it tarnishes the whole group with a bad brush but also... It deters that person from then ever going up to a disabled person again. Yeah. Because we are rude to them. And I don't want that. So that's why I always give time. And yes, it's brutal. And Gus, we've been out before. And I always stop and say good day. And it's like, can this guy hurry up? But it's, you know, there are people who've been nice, so you've got to do it.
1: We talk about your body image and how you came at the age of 39 after knowing yourself and probably truly having a full ownership of who you are mm. to a completely different Mandy McCracken. And how did you find you know? oh,
0: really hard. Um, so my red curly hair, which is now currently going grey, was is me. That's that's me. I've always had mad red curly hair. And, of course, it all fell out when I got sick. Oh, yeah. And so I got my, at the time, five-year-old daughter to shave my head because it was looking horrific anyway. And, yeah, that was probably the first, like, oh, gee, wow, okay. I've been in a bit of denial. So prosthetic hooks are really good to use and um, very good you Know really helpful with fine motor skills and stuff like a hook, 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 hook yeah, p- pirate hook, hook, pirate hook oh, wow. yeah, a hand. yeah, yeah. I was them around. You know, you've got a full body harness, shoulder harness to wear them. Um, and I just didn't want them, I didn't want them because it's just too scary. And so, I've got these prosthetic hands that have got sleeves on them when I get them new, they've got nail polish, okay, the, <laughs> the nail polish it, is it wears worn off. off, yeah. <laughs> um, so if I go shopping for clothes, I will put. Like an outfit on, and then go. Hang on a 2nd I've got to put my arms back on because I don't look right when I'm standing in the mirror. Oh yeah. And I've only just recently started wearing my legs so that you can see them. Yeah, I'd, the poles. You pulls me, got the, you
2: got your prosthetics hanging out today, so you can see them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so it
1: took you a while to even get to the point yeah, no, of wearing, you know, anything but pants.
0: No, no, no. I used to have um, covers on them, covers. like skins, looks like oh, regular skin. I've got you. Like yeah. what?
2: Um, Jess Quinn uses.
0: Yeah, rather I get hold. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's taken. A bit of time.
1: Do you still yeah. look at yourself sometimes in the mirror? And I try not to, yeah. Oh, you try not to, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. Try I, not to think that or try not to look in the mirror? Uh, I, I was walking down Chapel Street the other day and I caught myself in the reflection and I just look odd.
1: So you're still coming to terms with that? And is that part of the conversations that you have with your psych or is that just more around Oh, uh, I've had a
0: lot of that conversation in front of school kids.
1: Yeah? Yeah, oh, it's like cool. let's,
0: let's talk this stuff through, you know. Is it okay that I'm covered in scars? Should I cover them up? Mm. Um. Or are my scars, my story. Like you know, what I do the kids and... say. Well, of course they're going to say, yeah, yeah, just embrace it. Yeah. My my kids or the both. Um. So my children have a favourite arm. So I've got one arm that's covered in scars and an arm that's not. Okay. And so they, and they like they... the scar one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> of course they don't. <laughs> like not at all. No, they're girls. Okay. No, oh, okay, they okay. like they like no, the one scars okay. The boys
2: would like yes, yeah. <laughs> scars. Yeah,
0: scars. So um. Yeah. No, the kids. I've jumped in the deep end. Like, let's go to the beach and there's me in my bathers and I've got my water legs are literally poles. They are mm. the most horrific looking things. Yeah. And I'm there at the beach with a thousand people watching me get into the water oh, yeah. and it's that's the most incredibly yeah. challenging position to be in. You don't look any more disabled than at the beach.
2: It's I'm hard for to get on. to the beach. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting carried around. The current takes me. I'm like, I'm just... I got no skills out there. Yep. Yeah, 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 It's true. Yeah.
0: Yep. So I got myself a big pink rubber ring, blow up ring. Oh, yep. nice. So I float around in my nice. pink nice. ring.
2: Right. Can't take you on that one. Be, don't go to Bondi. Huh? Get-
0: so, you know, there's days that you can deal with that and there's other days you just don't want to go near it. So,
2: what about with
1: your
0: partner? So he always, he's beautiful. My husband, I love him dearly. Um, he always claims that, you know, that's not what he's interested in.
1: Can you believe him though? Yes,
0: I believe you. Right. He doesn't love you for <laughs> your hands and feet. Oh. It was a whisper that,
1: yes, I believe (laughs) you wrote. Yes, I believe you wrote.
0: I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's like, how can, you know. No, that's hard. No, I'm. So as much as
1: he can say it, looking you in the eyes and say, I honestly love you the same that I did when I first met you and you just. You just can't believe it because yeah, you've it's lost seri- like, all
0: your limbs. You know, Love or attractiveness? Do you wear th- your hair that way because your partner told you that or do you wear your hair that way because you stood in front of the mirror and went, yeah, I like well,
2: that? Mm. Well, he doesn't so like So it's your
0: own thought of what you look like. Yeah. Yep.
2: You believe he loves you the same amount but you don't believe that he's as, as attracted to. You. Is that what you're saying?
0: No, I just, I'm not who I am. I'm, my body has completely changed. You mm. know, I, I
1: but it's also the body that gave 3 kids to that oh, family, Oh, this you know? body is
0: insane. Like yeah. ridiculous. God, how More much than can any it other take? body. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I and and that's the joy of getting old. You've got to become used to what you look like at the age of 50, 60, mm. 70. You know, your your body's going to forever change. It's it's interesting
1: about the commitment of marriage because mm. I think people gloss over. And I mean,
0: This sounds like you want to ask me a really nitty-gritty question. Go on.
1: No, (laughs) no, it's more of a statement. I just think it's really interesting. A lot of people these days, I mean, divorce rates are through the roof, but a lot of people really don't hold on to the sanctity of through sickness and health. Yes. I mean, it's just the words that people read because it's what's been read forever, but it really comes down to... The strength of your relationship to get through it. I think it's incredible. I, you know, I think there's a lot of relationships of people who would be in your position who aren't together with that person. Yeah. For one, because they couldn't get over their own demons of believing it not to be the case, or that person couldn't deal with having a disabled partner. So yeah. I think it's a. I think it's amazing. That's what it's actually part of the whole thing. I loved about your story was I knew that you were in a relationship post. I'm like credit to you
0: both, mm. but no credit needed if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you made a vow oh, no, to each I'll other. take the credit. Okay. Is, okay. Credit is, to you. Yeah. Really interesting because, of course, I was a stay-at-home mum. My husband worked huge hours. Very, yeah. yeah, and how'd I, you go working around the house? Like, if you're a
2: stay-at-home mum and then you had your accident, how'd you go? Like, you know, adapting to trying to do stuff. Did you feel less? Well, than? that
0: that yes. Well, I, can I come back to that? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yep, yep.
0: So he was a stay. I was a stay-at-home mum. He worked really long hours, and then of course everything flipped instantly overnight. He didn't work again, and then um after about six months, he came back to me and he goes, I need to apologise. And I've gone, what do you mean? He goes, I had no idea how hard this is to be at home and looking after a household and kids. And he goes, I just, I had no idea what you were doing. Um, and then when I did come home from hospital, we both sort of checked in with each other and went, you know, what's your life been like for the last year by then?
1: Because you've been in hospital. Yeah.
0: And, um, he lived a very different experience through that period than I did because I was in hospital all day and everything was coming to me and and he was doing the backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and, um, you know, it's been, this whole situation has been just as big if not bigger for him. I'm just, I just lost my hands and feet. He's lost his career. He lost, you know, all the things that a 30, late, late 30 male sort of, well, used as reflections on success. You know, you've got a title in your job, you're getting mm. this sort of money, you're gonna get a pay rise. Some people, some males. Yes. The yep. ones that I'm that I know. And often we had a lot of the women in my um hometown say to us, I don't think my husband could do what your husband's doing. Good on him. Mm. Good.
2: By the way, we're playing in some great areas here. I haven't even looked at our sheet once for the questions. It's so mm. cool. Mm. But there is one here that I need to ask. Go for it. You had rock climbing without hands and feet. Mm. Talk me through how that's possible.
0: <laughs> so I have a, a fabulous prosthetist, Alana. I saw that there was a fellow in America that had lost his hands um, through an electrical accident and he was rock climbing using his hooks. And so I went to Alana and I said, come on, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. Let's let's go. And so she built me some sockets for my arms uh, that have the ability to disconnect different utensils. So I've got like a kitchen knife and a Whoa. spatula. And so when you're eating, you put on your fork hands? I could. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but I, I have this kitchen knife that's like something Army out of for a horror movie. It's just enormous, yeah. massive knife. Anyway. So that's
2: actually pet- that would be petrifying.
0: It if is all that. So you pull off the knife, and you can put my hooks on. And then um, I I tried rock climbing, and yeah, you can do it.
1: Very I, cool. I
0: had somebody down the end holding yeah, a rope. Right- of oath.
1: course, yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, and- we
1: don't expect you to be Tom Cruise hanging off a cliff.
0: Well, what happens, of course, the dawn
1: wall, or whatever it's called. Yeah.
0: You get halfway up the wall, and then if your feet slip, but your arms are still attached, oh, I, ca- I can't let go. <laughs> so you pull your arms out of your stumps, your stumps out of your sockets. sockets. Well, yeah, I've got um, pin lock systems, so it's like a yes. really tight rubber yeah, cool. glove kind of thing. So yes, it can be done.
1: Wow, well, it's really great, mm. um, Mandy. I've, we've got a ball of uncomfortable question for you. Yep. please. Have you listened to our podcast? Yes. You know that this is a question that's sent in from someone else. Go on. This is a really bad question to ask, but it might have an interesting answer. Mm. Mick, who's happy to have his name. Good on you, Mick. Mandy, how do you wipe your bum?
0: with my prosthetic hands. Right. So you
2: can reach around
1: with them. Yeah, I guess? Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's that's like, you know, tick box number one. <laughs> can you go to the toilet?
2: Mm. Oh, gotcha yeah. get, <laughs> get on your mick.
0: I mean, I
1: think it's a decent question because you've also got to have the hand control to grab the tissue paper, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well that's
0: what these things do. They right. open and close. Okay. Um you I don't want to
1: get too gritty but you
0: have to concentrate. You yeah. do not want to get a otherwise you have to wash your hands. I, I have had moments where it's been a bit painful to wash your hands. Do you to, wash to, your hands? Well these ones have got Rubber gloves on them. So yes, I wash. Yeah, mm. I wash my hands during the day. Oh yeah, because it's the yeah, same as touching time. your face with your normal human hands. Like germs like the germs are still there. The germs are go on them. Mm. I didn't even think of that. There you go. There you go. There so did. yeah, yeah, and you know you can use hooks to do these things. And there are oh that's a bit dangerous using a hook, isn't it? These actually no hooks are a little bit more controlled. But there are group. There's full conversations about going to the toilet. With, oh, in um, your group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all get together on video chat, and somebody will give an explanation of how to do it. There's a, you know, the, the idea... With a video it, explanation? Yeah. As in like... Oh, with your clothes on. Yeah, that's what I'm asked. So. So, so the idea is you fold the toilet paper into like a little book. Oh, so you're a folder you're, on a
1: scrunchie. Interesting. Good yeah, to know. Yeah,
0: scrunchie's <laughs> no good anymore. Okay. And then you, you hold it and then you, you sort of fold the toilet paper over as you go if you need a couple of goes at it and, and then you've got your little book.
1: <laughs> I gotcha. Makes it. sense to me, Wrap mm. it like that.
0: What but that's why we all get together and help each other out because this stuff is invaluable. Yeah.
2: Hey, we appreciate yeah. you being so open about your life. That was a really yeah. interesting chat. Learn a lot of stuff. am um, you're very impressive. And you got a great name, Mandy McCracken. Mandy McCracken. And yeah. you'll start you're working in broadcasting now. I think we'll be hearing a lot more of that name. Andy. I hope so. I'm dead set. You got yeah, skills. Yeah. Really, really Thank impressive.
1: You. Let's do the plug for you. Mandy and The website's still up.
0: It is. Are it you is. one of those
1: couples that have the same Facebook
2: group?
0: Yeah, Facebook Rod. page. Rod
2: get his name in there. It shouldn't...
0: Well, we, we used to do our motivational speaking together, together. Yeah. because, it's as I said, it's half Gene his F- story. It. Yeah. It's yeah. not just mine. That's
2: very
1: true. Uh, but, go check out the website, of course, on Facebook as well. What is the group that you have or the page you have?
0: Uh, it's called Friends of Mandy. Friends of Mandy. On on Facebook. And um, yeah, hopefully you'll hear some more radio from me in the next few months. Yeah.
1: yeah. Shout so, out to the ABC potentially. Yes. Good luck, Mandy. We appreciate Thank you. your time. Cheers. Hopefully you got some learnings from that episode and of course there is more content including some unheard moments on our socials.
2: Yeah we've got a bunch of interviews that we've already got in the counter too. Plenty of good stuff coming up including our next guest.
1: A lot of people might have thought that Walter White Jr. wasn't written in the scripts to have a disability but that's false. It was actually CP was always going to be uh, Walter White Jr.'s disability. Can you talk about When you found out about the role and talking to, is it Vince Gilligan who wrote it?
3: Vince Gilligan, yeah. Yeah. Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad, also writer for X-Files and Hancock and and many other amazing shows and movies. Uh, He actually wrote my character in mind of a friend he had in college who uh, sometime after college passed away um, from other complications. And uh, this was kind of a memory, um, character in memory of him. It, it was really amazing when I got the role. I was I was thirteen, turning fourteen, and uh, I remember auditioning five times, four in Los Angeles and once in New Mexico. And you know, the role really was was me. It said dark hair, big eyebrows, and mild <laughs> cerebral palsy, and I'm like, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so it really like was one of those things where it's like, I this is my role, and so I went in with that mentality and um, just kind of put myself out there uh, luckily at the time not luckily but um Sharon Bialy the casting director um uh, I think it was either her or her assistant had crutches because they broke their leg skiing uh, and they handed me the crutches and I used them for the scene and it, bang. Here, I, here I am 15 17 years later you know I, I'm so lucky for what Breaking Bad gave me
1: that is actually a great episode. I mean, they're all great. I don't think I've ever said, I mean, oh, would I ever say it was a bad episode? Yeah, there's no, one, one bad wouldn't. episode. There is
2: one bad episode. Which one are you thinking First of? one you said,
1: not me. Oh, yes. The first episode of Listener. And Able. we mean this.
2: The worst episode is my 100%. one. 100%. percent we even learned so much more from everybody else. Yeah. And make sure you stick around. Plenty coming up.
1: Oh, ooh, quickly though, just on that topic, a really fun chat was. Um, so when we pitched this episode to our podcast provider, which is Listener, we actually had a couple of episodes in the can to give them an idea of what we we're trying to do. Uh, one of those episodes, of course, is episode number one, Dylan. <laughs> and uh, Jen, who works at the podcast company, her suggestion was, she's Irish. Hey, should probably do it again. Yeah, she didn't yeah, like it. It's not the strongest of episodes. Yeah, she was like, it's a lot of, <laughs> she goes, there's a lot about Dylan, not much about Angus. We're like, yeah, the disability yeah. podcast.
2: Remember that? <laughs> what do you want from us, Jen? <laughs> You're like, what do you want? we about Angus. Like, you know, like,
1: so good. Uh, 40 episodes down and a couple of years into it, we're going all right. Uh, thanks very much, everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Listenable was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin. Audio production by Darcy Thompson, and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull.
3: Listener.